0: Hello, my name is Claire, and welcome to the Loud and Clear Accounting Podcast. This is the Accountancy Podcast where I answer accountancy-based questions. In this first series, we're going through the startup questions. So hopefully I've helped you decide whether trading through a limited company is the right thing for you or whether you should stay self-employed. I've then gone through and focused on those of you who have decided to be self-employed So, we've answered the questions such as how do you let HMRC know? What kind of bookkeeping and records do you need to keep? And what is your tax liability likely to be? In these next couple of episodes, I'm now going to focus on those of you who have decided to trade through a limited company. And so, in today's episode, I'm going to answer the question of what things do you need to know before you incorporate your company? And that's going to be things such as looking at the directors the shareholders, and your registered address. Now, before I go into more detail and answer these questions, I need to do my first two quick disclosures. So the first is I'm a UK-based accountant, so I'm going to be giving advice to UK-based businesses. And the second is that because I'm talking to myself, there are times where I'm going to have to generalise my advice. And to keep my episode short, there are times where I'm going to have to simplify things as well. So if you have any sort of follow-up questions or you'd like some more sort of detail on certain things, feel free to go on my website, which is loudandclearaccounting.co.uk. And from there, you will be able to book in a paid session with myself and we can go through those additional questions that you have. So that's the disclosure that's way. So let's get back to answering the question. What things do you have to know and have considered before you set up your limited company? So as I said, this is generally split into three things. So we've got looking at the directors, looking at the shareholders, and then the addresses that will be attached to your limited company. So the first thing is the directors, and that's normally the easiest one. So the role of the director is to run the company so it makes a profit. And in most cases, that will probably just be you. It could be that you're setting up a limited company almost as a partnership or a collective. So your company may have a couple of directors, or it may be that only one of you is going to be a director and holds that responsibility and others will be paid in a different sort of way. But that's what you need to decide. The first thing is who's going to be running the company. The second thing is looking at the shareholders. Now the shareholders own the company. So whereas a director runs it to make a profit, the company exists to make that profit for the shareholders. So these are the people who own the company. And again, in most cases, it may just be you. If you're a partnership, it may be that actually a couple of you are going to own the company. Now, sometimes people will use the shares as a way of sort of tax saving. So occasionally people will bring in their partners, so their husband or wife, and give them some shares as well. So that when you're extracting that profit and taking dividends from the company, you can sort of use up your household personal allowances and tax bands. But all I will add on this is that if you give someone shares in your company, you are giving them ownership of that company in whatever percentage they own those shares. So obviously this has been say, incredibly negative. You may decide that actually for tax purposes, it's beneficial for you to own 50% and your partner to own 50%. But if your relationship breaks down, they own 50% of your company. And that's obviously important to remember. The same if you've got some friends who are coming on board and this is going to be a business collective. If it's primarily yours, be aware that if you give them shares, they will also be owners of the company. So that's looking at who the shareholders are. When you're incorporating the company, you will also be asked to kind of decide what shares the company will have. And you'll notice on sort of drop down menus, you'll have a choice of ordinary, ordinary A, ordinary B, ordinary C, that kind of thing. And you'll also be asked to choose the value of those shares. So it could be nice and easy. You know, you are the director, you are the shareholder, and you want to give yourself one share valued at one pound. Some people like a hundred shares valued at a pound each, so £100 worth of shares. But you can create the shares at whatever value you want. It could be that you want your shares to be valued at £50 each, £500 each. You could have one share, you could have a million shares. You can do whatever you want with it. But all I will add is if you're choosing shares at a high value, so say you have share capital that comes in at sort of £10,000, you will need to buy those shares for that £10,000. That is your initial investment as a shareholder. So I've seen people get caught out on this where they create a company with a high level of share capital, but never buy that share capital. You need to be able to do it. So you can change this at a later date, so if you're unsure, I would start at one share at one pound or you know a hundred shares at one pound each, just so you're not caught out with that higher sort of share liability. And then the sort of final thing is looking at the registered address of your company. Now that could be your home address. It could be that you're going to be renting an office. So you want that office to have, you know, for that to be the registered. Um, Address of your company, and either of those are absolutely fine. But just kind of be aware that when you set up your company, anyone will be able to go on Companies House and see who the directors are. They'll be able to see who the shareholders are and what the share value is, and they will also be able to see the address. And there are quite a few companies who kind of lift that data off of Companies House and move it to other. Websites. So if you have your home address as your registered office, you may find that your home address suddenly spreads across Google. Now, for some people, that's absolutely fine. You know, it's linked to the company, it's quite clear what it is. It's okay. You'll maybe get, you know, the occasional letter for the post trying to sell you a credit card or some stationery. But other than that, it's absolutely fine. But if you feel uncomfortable, with that, and you don't want your home address to be sort of spread across Google and linked to this company, there are ways of purchasing separate addresses. And to do that, you would need to go through a third party to someone like First Formations, for example, and they can offer you a registered office address as part of the setup process. So those are sort of the three, which I suppose is technically four, if we split the shares down into two, things that you need to consider. So before you even set up the company, think to yourself, who's going to be the director of the company? Who's going to be running it? Who are the shareholders going to be? So who are going to own the company? How much will you value the shares that the shareholders will need to buy in order to become those shareholders? And what address do you want associated with the company? All of these things can be changed at a later date. So don't worry if you're unsure of anything, but those are the things that you will be asked when you incorporate your company. So in next week's episode, I'm going to be running through how you actually incorporate the company and what will happen next. So I hope that all makes sense and I will see you next week.